Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where anyone and everyone who cannot bear the thought of remaining trapped in a status quo version of Christianity can find a home. Religious traditions eventually suffocate us. Empty church trends almost always leave us in the shallow end of the pool. But kingdom truth straight from God's word spiritually transforms us. And if you desire this, then you too are likely a maverick and a misfit. And now, here is our host, a Christian whose entire ministry has challenged the religious system, Jeff Lyle. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Mavericks and Misfits. Glad that you have uh, found us. Glad that you've tuned in. If you're a first-time listener, my name's Jeff Lyle. Grateful to be able to um, just share some truths about God and his kingdom, how we're living it out, and uh, you know what is this whole thing supposed to look like down here? Uh, the premise of Mavericks and Misfits is to try to plow into kingdom truth and try to separate it from all of the stuff that Christianity has become. Uh, I don't claim to have all the answers. I certainly don't claim to be the full and final voice about what Christianity uh, needs to be expressed as in the 21st century, but I have learned some things over the years, and my desire is to, um, well, to help everybody just to go deeper into the God of the Word, to go deeper into the Word of God, to compare it with how they're living, what they're believing, what they've been taught, and uh, what their purpose is, and then to find find bandwidth to make the necessary adjustments. You know, I don't want to stand before the Lord and suffer any type of loss of reward, because the Bible does speak to that. I mean, Paul wrote to the Church of Corinth and said, everybody's going to give an account. And the whole value of our life and its work is going to be tested. It's going to be tried by fire by Jesus himself. And uh, what remains will be rewarded. And um, I want my life to count, man. I mean, some people think it's like wrong to be um, thinking about rewards. But I, I challenge you, go through the New Testament and see how much Jesus himself taught sometimes just objectively and clearly, sometimes through parables, about the concept of rewards. I mean, Jesus, it was actually important to Jesus. We go back to the book of Revelation. He talks quite a bit, especially in chapters two and three, about rewarding Christians at the end of the age. And of course, clearly, Paul and Peter both taught about reward. John taught about reward. And um, it's not some side dish in the kingdom. And so I don't, I don't want to stand before the Lord and, and have a forfeiture of potential rewards that I could have received and even earned if you don't like that, um, just know this. The Bible is very clear. Salvation is completely free, paid for by Jesus, but rewards are not rewards. Every single one that's given at the judgment seat of Christ is earned. Like you will not get a trophy. You know how about 20 years ago, everybody started saying, oh, all the kids need a trophy. It doesn't matter if they won the game. It doesn't matter if they played hard. It doesn't matter if they you know did well. Everybody gets a trophy. Well, that's not that doesn't come from the heart of God. Um, it sounds merciful and nice, but in the eternal realm, rewards are earned. And so if you're, you and I aren't living right, um, we won't get rewards. So again, I don't want ignorance to be the reason why I forfeited reward. I don't want my life to come beneath what it could have been because I just straight up listened to something somebody taught me and never examined for myself whether it was true or not. And I don't want to waste my time running in circles and in religion in stuff that doesn't matter, that doesn't have anything to do with the kingdom, but it's just a, you know, it's a regurgitated uh, kind of reference to what 
generational Christianity has been in 21st century conservatives, you know, 19th, 20th, 21st century conservative America. So we got to think. We have to be thinkers. And I hope Mavericks and Misfits podcast, for those of you that listen all the time, um, helps you to think. Um, the only thing I ask of our, our listeners is that if you have time, rate and review us. Please do that. Let me just say that at the beginning of the podcast. It helps us to get the word to other people in other areas. I don't understand all of it, but uh, the powers that be, those that understand tech ministry and all of the algorithms and all that stuff are very clear that if you get good rates and reviews, it lets the expansion of what you're offering in the kingdom reach more people. And for those of you that are listening outside of the country of the United States of America, we welcome you. I'm honored. And uh, today I want to talk to all of us about um, this important topic in serving the Lord and living your life for the glory of the Lord. How do we avoid burnout and what do we do if we're weary? And um, if you're so spiritual that you've never had to consider these issues, go ahead and just uh, stop and you know go listen to your radio because this is only for the people who are serving the Lord to the extent that they have become aware of the potential for weariness and burnout. And uh, for the rest of you, you know, just maybe listen by, I don't know, theory. It might be theory for you. But for some of us who are diligently pressing into the Lord, we understand the risk of going beyond the capacity that God has assigned us. And when that occurs, we find ourselves weary. I have spent a long season back in the day in spiritual weariness and ministry burnout. And I don't want to waste my failure in that season by keeping it to myself. I want to help you who have not gone there before. And I want to, I want to equip you to recognize the signs of burnout and weariness and to help you to know what to do. I'm going to, I'm going to risk it by saying here, I believe in one verse where I'm going to read two, but in one primary verse in the new Testament, I think I can lay the foundation for every single instance of weariness and burnout in the Christian life. I think I found it. And uh, it may surprise you where it's coming from, but it's coming from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. So let me just give you this. Peter's talking about various kinds of ministry gifts. And he says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. So very quickly here, that's 1 Peter 4, 10. Everybody has gifts. Every Christian has spiritual gifts, ministry gifts given to them by God intentionally. And here is the command concerning those gifts. Use the gift. Use it. You're not supposed to get a gift and say, look how gifted I am. You're not supposed to use the gift and compete with other gifted people. You're actually given gifts by God, spiritual ministry gifts to use them. What do we use them for? It's the next phrase. Use it to serve one another. Very quickly here, Christians in the will of God serve. Yep, you heard me, serve. Uh, going to church is not serving. Praying is not serving unless you have an intercessory ministry that you are committed to and you are seeking opportunities to intercede and pray for saints. That is ministry. But just your prayer time is not serving God because you serve God by serving others. Very quickly here. God does not need to be served. He doesn't. He has no needs. God has no needs. He has desires for us. He has invitations for us. He has commands toward us concerning our relationship with him. But God is not increased when we serve him. He is not diminished when people don't serve him. 
We serve God by serving the body. We serve others. So, again, as each has received a gift, 1 Peter 4.10, use it, use it, use it, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Okay, so we're, we're just assuming you're in the will of God, you're serving God. You're not flippant, you're not intermittent, you're not haphazard, you're not spontaneous about serving, you are committed. You know what your gift is, you're committed, you're accountable, you're engaged, people can count on you. You are serving God by serving others. So he gives the example in verse number 11, he opens up and he talks about a speaking gift, and I'm not going to focus on that, but he says, whoever speaks, speak as an oracle of God. And so the speaking gift is supposed to be spoken with confidence, speaking on behalf of God as one who gets his or her message from God. But the one I want to focus on is the next one. It says, whoever serves, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Did you hear me? Paul says, whoever serves, you must serve by the strength that God supplies. And then he tells you what the result of that will be. So that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Okay, here's the primary, foundational, unavoidable reason for weariness and burnout in the Christian life. We are operating beyond the strength that God has supplied us. Listen to me. God in his infinite wisdom, allots every one of his children the measure of strength and the capacity to do what he wants them to do. That is it. So when God calls you to something, inherent in that calling, inherent in that assignment, is the gifting, meaning you have the supernatural spiritual resources to do what he's called you to do and the power to do it at the level that he's called you to do it for the assignment he's called you to do it in. And so burnout occurs when we are operating outside of the capacity, beyond the capacity and outside of the strength that God has supplied for what he's assigned us. And it happens all the time. And so I want to examine this for the rest of the broadcast or podcast today because I, I want to explain that this happens frequently to Christians that love Jesus, but it cannot go on as being a spiritual badge of honor. Being busy is not the same thing as being blessed. And while Christians are to faithfully serve, and yes, we will get tired at times. I'm not talking about being tired. I'm talking about being exhausted because we are continually operating beyond the strength that God supplies us and we become ineffective. And here's the kicker. This is the real thing that needs to capture our heart. The Bible says in that verse that I read earlier, when we serve by the strength that God supplies us, that in everything, God will get the glory. When you serve according to the strength that God has given you, and you serve in within the capacity that God has given you, the glory rests with God. Glory from you towards God and glory through you towards God from others, the ones you are serving. But when we are serving beyond our own strength, even if we get results, there is some marginal capacity, I hope marginal, um, it could be you know extraordinary capacity, 
in which we get the glory. I don't want marginally to get any of the glory that's meant for God. I certainly don't want any extravagant glory coming to me because I'm a uh, tireless worker. I'm an incessant servant. I go and I go and I go and I go. Therefore, I am the embodiment of what it means to be a Christian. Well, listen, if people think that, they can admire you. They can benefit from your service. They can applaud you from afar. They can, they can esteem your reputation as one in the kingdom who is tireless. But ultimately, you end up with the glory. And guess what? There's no reward for that. In the coming age, there's no reward for ministry that was done in my strength that in any way resulted in my glory. So when I operate beyond the capacity and strength God has given, that means I am doing it in my own energy. And the glory, when that happens, usually goes to the person and not to the Lord. So when we think about burnout, what am I talking about? I'm talking about that reality, that state of physical or mental or emotional exhaustion. And it comes from incessant laboring either in your mind, your emotions, or your body, without rest and intentional connection with God. You've gone beyond what God has assigned you. You're using resources that did not come from him. And so in some way, you're, you're operating in the flesh. It may be impressive flesh. It may even be uh, effective flesh in the sense of bringing results, but it's flesh. And so what happens when that goes on long enough, you get this emotional or physical or mental exhaustion, or all of that at once, and you end up doubting your competency and the value of the work that God has assigned you. So you begin to hit a place where you start doubting yourself. You start doubting God. You start doubting your purpose. You start doubting your future. You start doubting um, your value because you are operating outside of what God is supplying strength for. And you're doing it on your own in one sense. And listen, when burnout and weariness, weariness is probably the, the biblical word, but we're very familiar with the term burnout. And as much as these, you know, superstar Christian preachers and as much as they say, well, bless God, that'll never happen. Well, let me just tell you, it happens frequently. So I'm putting on my pastor's hat today for the podcast and I'm just saying, okay, ideally it should never happen, but it does happen. So instead of just proclaiming that it shouldn't, let me tell you what to do when you're finding yourself on the verge of weariness and burnout, or maybe you're right in the middle of it right now, because you, you've got to make some changes because when you're in that weariness and burnout, it fogs your vision. It absolutely clouds everything, your vision of God, your vision of the kingdom, your vision of who you are as a son or a daughter. It drains all of your spiritual energy I mean, it does. It just, it just sucks down all, all of the resources. You've gone beyond what God has supplied. And so you're now tapping into inferior sources, your own strength, your own understanding, your own energy, your own wisdom. And because you've gone beyond what God has supplied you. So you, if, you're just, you, if you keep it in motion, but you've gone beyond the strength that God is supplying, then you are in motion connected to an inferior power source, which is usually you. And so it, it, it can lead in extreme cases. Listen, burnout can lead to a total abandon. I've seen this happen of your beliefs 
people get so frustrated and burned out and weary that they're depleted mentally, emotionally, and physically that they hit this low point. And when they're at this low point, the enemy pounces in like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour and he shreds the person and they can actually lose their, their total vision of God. And they find no legitimacy in the kingdom because they associate the kingdom with that thing that sucked them dry and left them dead. I've seen it happen. So you, you've got to come to this place where you, you start understanding the difference between merely feeling challenged versus early signs of burnout. Because I do want to, I do want to stress in the will of the Lord, you are to serve in his strength. And that does not mean you won't ever get tired. I'm in a season right now where by the, by the call and the leadership of the Lord, I'm literally leading three different, fairly sizable ministries. And I've led two for years and years, but recently God has, has called me to step up and answer an invitation to lead um, at Caneo School of Ministry in Dawsonville, Georgia. And I spoke with Amy, I prayed about it, and we determined, no, this is what the Lord wants me to do. And so I'm trusting God daily for strength, but I'm also keeping my eyes open about burnout in any one of those three ministries I lead, plus my ministry to my wife and my children. And so, listen, you can't be casual about this. You have to know, has God supplied the strength? Because, yes, you're going to feel challenged. If you're living for the Lord and you never feel challenged, then you're not living it by faith. But that's different from being constantly burned out. So, because challenge is like a state of activation. And when we're faced with challenging situations, we, we are activated by the Holy Spirit to rise to the occasion. But burnout is not activation. Burnout is depletion. And if you find yourself in a long season of depletion, listen, I'm going to take the mystery out of it. You're burned out or you're weary in some way, and we've got to address that. What does it look like? Well, I think just kind of a composite is that you're living with not, not just physical tiredness, but exhaustion, mental exhaustion, which leads to confusion, which leads to emotional depression in certain cases. If you're not much of a feeler, maybe you don't sense the depression, but you're mentally exhausted. So you're frustrated, you're irritable, you're angry, you're trying to reward yourself through illegitimate means. Um, You know, a lot of young people, well, not a lot of young people, just a lot of people indulge sexually, whether through pornography, and I'll just go ahead and say it, masturbation, whether through sleeping around, um, but they do that to reward themselves I've been in this thing a long time. I've counseled a lot of Christians who are struggling in shame because of of pornography and masturbation. And what I find out is that they're serving God and they reward themselves by indulging their sexual fantasies and self-gratification. And that's, uh, listen, that's because they're not finding satisfaction in the Lord and what he's given. And so they're operating beyond their strength. And so they have to find a way to make themselves feel alive. And listen, the list can go along about how people illegitimately reward themselves. But if that's happening, you're, you need to consider maybe you're depleted in the things that are most important. So you're going to, to, to these really sordid things, these inferior sinful things to satisfy yourself. Burnout is also like this constantly feeling pressured, feeling tense. Um, it, it can, it can, as I mentioned, be 
feeling depressed or hopeless, spiritual disconnection, like God's not with me or spiritual abandonment. Like God has left. He's not only not blessing me, he's left. And then all of this creates this exhausted, burned out way of feeling your whole being is, is touched and people begin to, to, to doubt God and turn towards God. One of the primary causes for burnout is that you're trying to please people. Um, living to please people is a surefire recipe for spiritual burnout because it is, in one essence, idolatry. And idolatry is exhausting. And so if you're in a ministry, you're in a church, or you're in some kind of context for living out your Christian life by way of serving others, and you've got people that are over you in the Lord, like positionally, God places people in authority. So you've got pastors, you've got leaders, you've got elders, you've got ministry heads, you've got professors, you've got you know people that God has placed in positions of authority, and their job is to make sure that the big picture ministry takes place. And so they see you as a willing participant when you begin and you, you show that you're competent and you're engaged and you're committed and leaders love that. So they give you more to do. And then you excel at that. You're feeling a little tired, a little stretched, but hey man, God's supplying the strength and you're serving in the strength that God supplies and everything's cool. But then that same leader says, hey, could, could, could I add this to your list? And you feel that twinge of, mm, uh, uh, mm but you don't want to disappoint. So you say, sure, because that's what good Christians do. Good Christians do whatever's asked of them. And I don't want to disappoint my leader and I don't want to disappoint my pastor and I don't want to disappoint my, the person who believes in me and I don't want to see that look of disapproval and I don't want to fail God and God expects me just to take on more and more. And so there's this illegitimate guilt. And sometimes this comes to a place where oftentimes you can be pointed in the right direction and running down the road that God's assigned you and then a need arises in the context of your life. And somebody says, Hey, can you come over here and start meeting this need? And it's not simply that you're not operating in the strength that God gives. Then you start operating outside of the place that God has assigned you. So let me give you an example. Um, I've been a local church pastor since 1996, senior pastor capacity since 02. And so that's not a short time. And I learned along the way that um, there's some things that God has called me to within local church ministry that I'm naturally gifted. And I can, and when I say naturally, he's gifted me and I can do it when I rest in his strength and I can do it well. There's other things that I am not gifted by God to do that need to get done in a church, but I'm not gifted. And so back in the day, I would be like, I'm the pastor. Everybody expects me to get things done. So I got to do it and do it. And so I'd give the best of my energies to stuff like hospital visits, to stuff like home visits, to stuff like sitting down and chatting <laughs> to things that are not illegitimate. They're, they're needs, they're straight up needs in the church. But because I felt like people expected me to hit a home run in those things, I would do them constantly. And what I found out over years, it took years to realize this, is that I could actually equip and train other people to do those things because I'm not good at them. I'm not gifted by God for those things. I'm not called to do that type of ministry with my primary resources that God supplies. I'm supposed to be operating at a 10,000-foot level of vision and leadership, prophecy, and preaching and teaching. That's my gifts. 
And so I'm not the cuddle monster. I'm not the, I'm not the curl up with you and cry guy. That's just not me. Those are legitimate needs in the kingdom, but that's not me. And so what I had to do is I had to disappoint people. Matter of fact, I'm quite confident, even in this beautiful church that I pastor now at the church at Winder, I guarantee you there's people who wish that I was the cuddle bunny. I said cuddle monster earlier. That doesn't quite go together, but the cuddle bunny. And they want me, you know, they want me at grassroots level, looking eye to eye, having meaningful, deep, deep conversations with hundreds upon hundreds of people. And that's a virtual impossibility. And some of you, you're, you're just operating under the expectation of people and, and you've lost the sense of your own calling. That God's called you and equipped you and strengthened you and gifted you for the assignment he created for you. And because you've shown competency at some point in that area, people say, I'd like to take some of that competency and put it in this area. So they invite you to participate or commit to things that God never intended for you. And so what happens? Burnout. Burnout happens. Weariness happens. Why? Because you're operating outside of the strength that God supplied. So that's pointing out and highlighting the problems. The problems occur when you are operating outside of the capacity. This is not a popular teaching, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. God does not give everybody equal measures of capacity and gifting and strength. He doesn't. My wife is supremely gifted. She is my hero. I admire Amy Lyle so immensely, and she and I are gifted nothing alike. Amy is the person that wants to go deep and spend long hours. Amy couldn't care about conquering a mountain. She doesn't care anything about that. She wants to meet with people and individuals one-on-one, spend hours, connect deeply. If it's not deep connection, Amy's not interested in it. And meanwhile, I'm over here like, hey, do you see that mountain? Do you see the demons on that mountain? Do you see the nine Goliaths on that mountain? God wants me to go up there and kill them all and get to the top of the mountain, crush it, and then bring others up there with me. And we're all going to worship and give God the glory when we get to the top of the mountain. Amy's like, yeah, you go do that. <laughs> you, you go ahead and do that. You know why? She doesn't, she's not built for war. Now, she's strong, and she's uh, amazingly enduring, and she's an overcomer. But she doesn't live to crush opposition. I do. And so when I expect her, and this is early in our marriage and in our ministry, I expected her to run and keep up with me. I literally was trying to lead my wife outside of the capacity and strength that God gave her so that she could function like I'm gifted to function. And you know what? It caused ministry problems and it definitely caused marital challenges in those days. And when Amy wants me to sit down and deeply bond and connect with individuals, I I don't want to do a three-hour lunch with anybody. (laughs) When Amy goes to lunch, her and Alicia both, my daughter, they go to lunch and they meet and eat lunch for three or four hours sometimes with people. I'm like, I would pull out what hair I have left. Why? Because that's not what I'm gifted for. That's not what I'm strengthened for. And so I'm saying all of that by my own personal testimony to tell some of you guys, you're literally not incompetent. You're not weak. You're not insufficient. You're not under gifted. You are not a failure. You're not a loser. You're not a a screw up. You're not these things. But if you are operating outside of your God given strength, capacity, and sphere of assignment, then you're going to feel like all of those things because that's what burnout is. And so there have to be some changes. You need to, if you are currently wearied and burnout. I met with a couple of people recently at a large gathering and I hadn't seen them in 
months and months. And when I look, they were, they were together and I looked at their faces and they're part of an amazing ministry. I looked in their faces and all I saw, I mean, it was, I didn't even have to be spiritually discerning. It was so clear. These two people are completely burned out, completely burned out. And so instead of me giving like five points to, you know, what they needed to do and pull up their bootstraps and bless God, Philippians 4.13, you can do everything through Christ that strengthens you. Listen, I believe that verse. The key is you do it through Christ. And when you're operating outside of the strength and the assignment and the gifting and the calling of God, and you're doing stuff that people expect you to do, but not God, then you're not operating in Christ. You're operating in your flesh. So I just prayed with them. And one literally was just weeping and it was just a tender moment. And I thank God for both of these people, but they're, they're just being sapped by the expectations of others and strengths. And that's not kingdom. So you've got to be the steward of your own spiritual well-being. And sometimes you have to take a step back and you say, I need, you, you tell your leaders, I need 10 days. I need 10 days to get quiet. I need 10 days. And if you, at the end of 10 days, you need 10 more, then you just have to take ownership of this thing. And if the ministry you're connected to is so fragile that if you take time to get refreshed in the Lord, you take time away to get refreshed in the Lord and the whole thing falls apart, it's not much of a ministry. That'll be evidence that it's built upon human strength. If you can't step away in some capacity for 10 days to make sure you are oriented with God. And so you owe it to your own soul to do that. And then some of you, listen, it's going to be a drastic change and we're getting down to the end of things. And so I don't mind calling you to drastic assessment of your own Christian journey. Like, I, I don't mind telling you, you, you better be getting radical about your own life right now, your own calling. You need to be connected to a body of believers. You need to be accountable to spiritual authority as, as indicated by scripture. There is spiritual authority, but you are ultimately the servant of the most high God. And so it's not legitimate for leaders to tell you to continually operate, operate outside of what God has called you to do. It's wrong. And listen, at this point, you know, you get to the point where God's saying, I'm talking to you, my son. I'm talking to you, my daughter. It is time for you to trust me and you need a change of venue because it's not the will of the Lord for you to burn out. So if you can't change the way you're doing what you're doing and the only the only continuing forecast is that you're going to remain burned out. I want to make, I'm going to expose something in the church. There are lots of leaders in the church that will happily let you burn yourself out because they know they don't think this way consciously, but they've learned it experientially. And they know that when you burned out and you're quit, there's five people standing in line that they can also ring out for the next level and the next phase and the next season. Good night alive, man. Leaders are going to have so much to answer for. Don't cooperate with that kind of presumption upon the calling of God and the gifting of God on your life. Work hard for Jesus. That's part of being a disciple. Serve him with the whole heart. Invest and sacrifice your time, your gifts, your abilities, your money. Yep, all of that. It's part of being a disciple. If you're not willing to do those things, you're not a disciple. You're not a disciple of Jesus. If there's not an element of sacrifice in your life, of your time and your money and your gifts and your abilities, but God will tell you what capacity you, he has equipped you to sacrifice at. Stop comparing yourself with others who may be equipped more than you are. Don't be offended by that. God has gifted people at higher levels and capacities than he's gifted me. And if I'm operating ego, 
or desire for, to be affirmed and praised by men or women, I will say, oh, I need to max out like he or she maxes out. So I better just up my game so I can reach their level. Well, what if God has not equipped you to hit that level? Can you humble yourself and say, it just may be that I need to max out the level that God has given me without going beyond it to enter into something that God has not given me. When we do that consistently and we can humble ourselves and just receive from the Lord what he's called us to do, we will avoid weariness and burnout. When we enter into those seasons of weariness, go ahead and make the necessary changes before it does become like literally disastrous burnout to where you end up doubting God, you end up doubting the kingdom, you end up doubting the word, and you lose your sense of who you are as a son or daughter. And so if now, now is the time for, for changes to be made, go ahead and make them. Be courageous. Come on now. If God has equipped you and gifted you, which he has, First Peter says, serve him according to the strength that he's given you. You use that gift to serve others. So it's not a call to quit serving. It's a call to serve in the capacity that God has assigned you in the place that God has assigned you. And if it's not happening where you are, then for the glory of Jesus, love that place where you currently are enough to say, you know what? My time here is done. I've got to step into the refreshing capacity that God has given. And if I can't do it here, I love you, but I've got to step out of what I've held Somebody else will step up, but I've got to step into what God has for me. Appreciate you guys listening. I hope that you've been challenged and encouraged, and I hope that those of you to whom this applies will take my words to heart. Trust me, as a guy who spent a couple of years in burnout, most miserable years of my life, nobody was helped. I survived, but I lost those years, and it hurt people, including me. Don't do that. That's not what Jesus has called you to, and it could be time for change. Don't forget, you can find lots of resources at maverickmisfit.com. We have put all of the podcasts on a unique webpage that launched about a month ago, maverickmisfit.com. Not maverickssandmisfits.com, but maverickmisfit.com. You can find all uh, of the recent podcasts, really all of them that we've done, approaching 100 podcast now. Um, they're there at maverickmisfit.com. Don't forget transformingtruth.org. Those are where more formal sermons and both 30-minute segments and hour-long segments on video are, are released and would really encourage you to take advantage of those resources. Feed yourself. Check out the website, Kineo, K-I-N-E-O, M-T-C, Kineo Ministry Training Center, KineoMTC.com. I now serve as the chief operations officer there. We are strategizing and advancing for the upcoming school year. And there's opportunities if you want to further your Christian edification, your Christian, um, can I call it, education. Um, Kaneo School of Ministry, in my opinion, is the best school in Georgia for you to consider attending. We have kept it incredibly affordable. You will not find a more affordable school. And Karen Smith, who is the president of the school and also the primary teacher for first year and second year students, top five teachers I've ever heard in my life. And I've been around a bit. Check out KaneoMTC.com. Consider that this may be the time where God wants to refresh you by getting you deeply grounded in the Word of God. My time's gone. Tune in every Tuesday for Mavericks and Misfits podcast. Until then, we will talk to you later. Bye-bye. What a word. We're happy you were able to tune in today. You can help us reach more people by rating and reviewing Mavericks and Misfits on whatever platform you use to listen to today's podcast. 
Connect with Jeff on his personal and ministry social media links by visiting transformingtruth.org. Also, feel free to email Jeff with comments or questions at jeff at maverickmisfit.com. I'll say it again, jeff at maverickmisfit.com. We will talk to you again next week. Peace.